Welcome to Tiger Talk, the podcast for Mercy High School in Middletown, Connecticut, where we talk about everything Mercy, including students, faculty and staff, alumni, and leaders in our community. Learn more about Mercy High School at our website, mercyhigh.com. Everyone, and welcome to our latest edition of the Tiger Talk podcast, where we talk about everything related to Mercy High School in Middletown, Connecticut. My name is Alyssa Dijon, and I am the president of Mercy, and I am delighted to be joined today by a faculty member and a current student uh, to talk about some really, really interesting concepts. And I hope that you find them to be really interesting too. So I'd love for the guests to introduce themselves. So Mrs. Malafronte, hello. Hello, I am Mrs. Malafronte. The girls call me Mrs. Mal. (laughs) And I am one of the lucky theology faculty. Great. Thanks so much for being here. And hello, Alicia. My name is Alicia. I think you guys might have heard me on a previous podcast for Medical Minds. Yeah. And so I'm just going to also talk today about faith and science and how they're intertwined and so beautifully cohesive. This is great. I think that the compatibility of faith and science is something that we are lucky here at Mercy to be able to talk about and to dig into. So we're going to talk about one of Alicia's projects that she did as part of her senior year. And uh, I'd like to start with Mrs. Mal, if you wouldn't mind just kind of explaining a little bit about how this project came to be. Thank you. I'd love to. Uh, We've been working on this for a while at Mercy High School, and we've been working in conjunction with, you know, a little place called Notre Dame University uh, that formed the McGrath Institute which teaches sort of teachers, students, faculty, administrators to sort of integrate the idea of faith and reason into the curriculum. So many of the teachers from all the different disciplines, whether it be math, science, uh, several theology, also administrators have met out at Notre Dame, their location in New Orleans to discuss these topics with schools around the country. How this story that has not really been, we feel, well told to Mm -hmm. both students, just the community at large, of that the Catholic Church has a great story from the beginning of time on the idea that faith and reason, as Pope John Paul II would say, are two wings on which the human spirit rises to the contemplation of truth. And God has placed on the human heart a desire to know the truth. And by knowing and loving God, men and women come to know themselves. So we really feel that we want to equip our young women with the ability to be great scientists and also to know the love and care and the combination of faith in that conversation. And so we have this wonderful now outcome of students teaching other students this idea and the reality of uh, the compatibility of faith and science. Mm. And so she is going to describe a few different points that were important to her from her science background and her faith background Mm -hmm. that she related to other students. I'm just going to leave you with a few questions that students wrote 
after Alicia's presentation to our senior class. Oh, good. So, yes. So that's what we love. We love that this is a very big conversation. There's a lot of intellectual confusion about how these um, meld together so beautifully. So I thought, yeah, why not hear the kinds of things that the kids are wondering about? So one of the questions was, why is faith important to survival? Like talking about a primal sort of start to a conversation. And then secondly, what is the evidence that faith is real? That mm-hmm. faith is something that we we need that we yeah. depend on. So yeah. uh, I'm going to finish up there, and I am so mm-hmm. glad that you are here to have this conversation. Thanks for having me. So, Alicia, uh, let's talk a little bit about this project that you did on on faith and, and science. Absolutely, yeah. So I guess to start, I kind of did my presentation on faith and science because. Both are extremely important to me, especially my faith. Um, And I've always been Catholic, but it wasn't until quarantine, actually, that I learned the significance behind the pillars of my faith, um, including the sacraments, the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, the structure of the church, the magisterium, the papacy, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, I've never been more passionate or invested in my faith as I am today. And so um, with regard to science, I would consider myself a STEM gal as well. I plan on majoring in biochemistry um, while tracking pre-med at Providence College with my end goals of being either a specialist of some sort um, in immunology or whatnot, or an employee at a research and development organization like Pfizer. And yeah, and so because of my incessant desire for the truth, um, science has always been of great interest and importance in my life. However, being the curious and inquisitive person I am, I'm always asking questions about the purpose of this beautiful world we live in, um, the purpose of my own life, the purpose of community, and the purpose of existence in general. Mm-hmm. And, and because of this, I, I believe because science is comprised of conjectures based on aspects of reality that are largely tangible, it cannot really explain the why of existence. It explains the how like scientific processes, like evolution and like different laws of nature and matter and whatnot, but it doesn't exactly explain why, as I said. So for me, this is where my faith comes in. And it's not merely filling in the gaps that science leaves open, but actually elevating science to a set of purposeful, God-driven processes rather than a a mere set of directionless processes. Also, I feel as if society is trying harder than ever to separate faith and science, which I believe to be an immensely poor decision. Although one does not need science to confirm their faith um, because we have avenues like through divine revelation, like sacred scripture, tradition, the magisterium, as I mentioned before, although we have those things and we don't need science to prove faith, Mm -hmm. science is a gift from God in that he enabled us humans to be able to make sense of the physical world through scientific inquiry, the world that he created and that he continues to sustain. That's my take. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I love how you talk about the how versus the why. Right. And I think that is a really important point that, you know, s- some people can, can kind of 
easily think about and, and others have, have some trouble with. Now, now you mentioned, Alicia, how you believe that society is trying to segregate faith from science mm-hmm. and vice versa. Yeah. So, you know, why do you, th- why do you think that's an, er- an erroneous idea? So as I mentioned before, I do not believe that faith and science are mutually exclusive. Um, I believe that science acts as another avenue that God has gifted us with um, to lead us to the truth, which is him. As Mrs. Mao quoted from Pope John Paul II, that faith and reason are the two wings that allow humanity to ascend to the understanding and comprehension of the truth, which is ultimately God. And science is our way of making sense of God's creation through study and gathering of data. But I don't know about you, but when I learned about the cell in biology, freshman biology, and now as an AP bio student, um, and how intricate each cell is and how humans are comprised of 30 trillion cells, I believed that, and I still believe that that points directly to a supreme and loving creator. It's just mm-hmm. too way too mesmerizing for it to just be a process. I mean, a consequence of scientific processes like evolution, not to, and, and I, for one, am also a believer in evolution. And in fact, the church believes that evolution can be true. What, what, where the church comes in is they say that the sole aspect of our human existence is immediately created by God, but the church is not against evolution in any way, mm-hmm. just for an example. And with all that being said, I really do believe that faith and science are extremely cohesive and um, science only illuminates faith to a higher level. And um, I find it very beautiful. Yeah. yeah. No, it is. It is beautiful. And I, I do think about uh, what, if you dig into science and as you learn more, you know, there's always this extra layer of, of depth and complexity, just as you said about cells, right? There's just, you keep digging further and you keep drilling down into basically an infinite knowledge, right? And so isn't that beautiful to think about God's infinite knowledge that makes all of these complex processes work? Exactly. That's exactly it. I, I 100% agree is that Science, as I actually mentioned, I did a whole slide on this in my presentation about how science is falsifiable. Science is constantly evolving, which is a good thing so that we continue to grow as a society and make um, breakthroughs in medicine and, and whatnot that help the advancement of our humanity. However, it is falsifiable and it does constantly evolve. And in that, it proves that humans have a finite capacity of grasping knowledge and comprehension of the world around us. It's very finite and it comes in little bunches at a time, you know? However, it proves that God's power, God's creative power and God's infinite wisdom and knowledge, as you said, Mr. Zhang, is infinite because we're constantly finding out new things about our existence and about the natural world. So you're exactly right. And it's, it's so awesome. Yeah, that's great. It takes a lot of humility to realize that we can't possibly understand everything. Yeah, exactly. And so how does it all fit together? That's, that's amazing. So in this, this project, I know that you were thinking about the role that the Catholic church plays in the scientific sphere. How does that role come into effect? 
So the church has been and continues to be a body of truth seekers. I mean, ultimately we serve the truth, which is God. Um, So we've always been a body of truth seekers. And um, throughout the ages, the Catholic church has been an immense force in the field of science. Pope Clement VIII actually founded the Pontifical Academy of Sciences in 1603, with its purpose being the promotion of mathematical, physical, and natural sciences and the study of the related questions and issues, um, a direct quote. In fact, 38 Nobel Prize winners since 1908 were members of this academy, which is insane. 38, it's a pretty large number. And the Academy is also comprised of both Catholic and non-Catholic scientists, which is extremely important. And it proves how the Catholic Church is really driven empirically. It's not about bias. We're actually talking about empirical research and data. So um, having people outside the faith in that Pontifical Academy of Sciences. And um, furthermore, some of the most prominent names in science have been Catholic, actually. For example, um, Nicholas Copernicus, Mm -hmm. um, Gregor Mendel, who is known as the father of of genetics, basically. Um, Rene Rene Descartes, who actually invented the Cartesian plane, which is the coordinate plane that we use in algebra. He invented that and other mathematical laws. Blaise Pascal, Henri Louis Le Chatelier, um, who's huge in chemistry. And I took AP Chem last year as well. So that name came up quite a lot. Nice. And many more were all Catholic. Um, and some were even members of the clergy. And um, the church even supported the hiring of female mathematicians and scientists to top universities like the University of Bologna in Italy um, during times when women were not viewed as equally capable of contributing to society as men. And so in my opinion, um, based on this data, I mean, they paved the way for suffrage movements around the world, especially in our own United States for women. And even just the achievement of equal opportunity in all spheres of life, including academic, were really paved by the Catholic Church, by um, the popes at the time, and by these phenomenal, incredibly inspiring and intelligent women who were encouraged to pursue their dreams um, in the academic sphere. So I can can see that uh, trend continuing with you, Alicia. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. Thank you. Fantastic. So what scientific findings have you come across that have bolstered your faith? Where do I even begin with this one? Honestly, (laughs) There, there are way too many to choose from. But ones that I've come across a lot lately and that I find most fascinating and influential have been the scientific confirmations of um, Eucharistic miracles and miracles that have occurred as a result of saints' intercessions, intercessory prayers. So both honestly take a lot of time to explain. And there's like a lot of science, very involved science behind the research of these miracles and the confirmation of these miracles and whatnot. But I'll do my best right now to sum up a, a little bit about the Eucharistic miracles. Mm -hmm. So the Eucharistic miracles have occurred numerous times throughout history since the Passion of Christ. Mm -hmm. And we as Catholics believe in the doctrine of transubstantiation or real presence Eucharist, which means that 
um, when the priests perform the Eucharistic rites at mass and pray over the hosts, that it actually turns into the substance of Christ's body. And so that's extremely important as I get into kind of the miracles part of it. Um, So as I said, the Eucharistic miracles have occurred numerous times throughout history since the Passion of Christ. And the three most popular ones include the Eucharistic miracles of Lanciano, Italy in the 8th century, um, Buenos Aires, Argentina in the 20th century, and Tijla, Mexico in the 21st century. Now, what occurred at each place was different, but they all have things in common. For example, after the priests performed their Eucharistic rites in all three of the places during Mass, um, by the power of the Holy Spirit transforming the bread into the substance of Christ's body, um, the host actually transformed into living heart tissue that contains living type AB blood. And it sounds almost unbelievable, but the host and the tissue, as I mentioned, and the blood, they've all been under extreme um, scientific research and testing and inquiry and scrutiny. So I find it to be extremely um, like believable because of how much testing um, it's been through. And so the scientists who studied the miracles after intense testing and research um, concluded that the hosts were comprised of living tissue of a person with unidentifi- unidentifiable genetic code. And what's crazy is that the scientists performed the testing years after the miracle occurred, and they still concluded the tissue was living. Usually um, after someone has passed and their body decomposes, the the blood is no longer living, the tissue is no longer living in that cadaver. However, in the in this case, the blood was indeed living and the tissue was indeed living. And the scientists knew this because they observed white blood cells performing phagocytic duties um, in the tissue while studying the tissue under the microscope. And typically, white blood cells die within minutes outside of the body. So their identification of the phagocytes that were still performing their duties under the microscope proved that that tissue was indeed alive. And um, I don't know about you, but I think that's a pretty faith-confirming miracle, if you will, and that <laughs> it's it's just incredible. Like, it is. Undeniably incredible and beautiful. That's amazing. Thank you for explaining it so eloquently as, as well. Oh, thank you. Of <laughs> it's fantastic. And, you know, and I, I've been, it's, it's wonderful to have this, this conversation where we can think about the physical world as part of God's creation and having faith can provide us an understanding of physical processes and how things work. And it's also one way we can think about how we can help humanity and help earth. There are people who, who believe lots of different things in terms of, of faith and science, right? Cause there are probably some people who feel very faithful and that they put their complete trust in God. And maybe they don't feel that they have to work through science or logic to, to have certain things happen. And then you've probably got the other end of the spectrum where you have some scientists who don't want to believe in anything that can't be proved without an experiment. So how do we, you know, how do we um, kind of 
bring this all together. I think what 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 we've been talking about in this podcast is a little bit more of a of a midpoint and an intersection where the two can come together. But and I think that's a that's a beautiful place because they can be very complementary and it can having faith and also thinking about scientific processes does give us that humility and compassion to want to help others and try to help the earth. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I do agree. I think that this conversation and my presentation was kind of, in fact, on my first slide, my introduction, I said how I wanted to bridge that gap mm-hmm. um, between those who are strictly science and those who are strictly faith. And as I mentioned before, Catholics do not need particularly science to confirm their faith. Obviously, right. science is is a reality and it helps us advance as a society, um, but they don't need it to confirm their faith. However, um, the study of science almost makes one's faith stronger and more beautiful because the study of science, I mean, we believe science to be factual. And when you have evidence in front of your face, including with the Eucharistic miracles, it's undeniable at that point that, in my opinion, you know, that a creator does exist and that we are here and everything that is happening in in the physical realm is with a purpose to some extent, you know? And so believers shouldn't be afraid of science because it only actually should strengthen their faith and, and give one a lens into how incredibly intelligent, infinitely intelligent God is mm-hmm. because of how he chose to to create. He chose to create through the laws of nature, the laws of matter, the laws of motion, all of this. He chose to do that so that we can slowly but surely find him behind it all, you know? And for those who are strictly science, ultimately, I believe everyone really has this desire for truth and understanding of one's own existence. And so in my opinion, you really have all these questions that go unanswered. And so they shouldn't be afraid of faith either. I mean, if if the answers are there, come and grab them, you know, <laughs> they're, they're for everyone, not just a specific group of people, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. I, I love this. I, uh, Alicia, I'm so glad you put this project together and spurred such a conversation with your classmates. And thank you for sharing it with our podcast listeners, because I I think it's just, and I'm just so thankful that we're at a school where we can have these types of conversations and discuss faith and science and our physical world and, and how the, how the two are, are compatible and can support one another and, and can make us better in, in both respects. Yes. So I'm, I can't wait to see what amazing things you do (laughs) in the future. (laughs) Thank you so much. With your with your scientific studies and with just continuing to deepen your faith, it, it's just uh, it's remarkable to see it now, and I just look forward to to seeing how it evolves over time. Thank you so much, and I I want to say this though for you and for the listeners as well that Mercy has been a catalyst for me intellectually and spiritually. And also athletically, um, in a couple of minutes, I'm going to go take my commitment picture for swim um, at, at PC. So I'm really excited. But I just want to thank you for everything you've done for me in this entire community. And 
Um, I'll definitely stop by and visit, maybe have more conversations like this. Yeah. So thank you so much for everything you've done for me. I would, I would love it. Thank you. I'm truly honored. And, and thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast. And we hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Tiger Talk podcast. Listen to the latest episodes at mercyhigh.com or subscribe to get the latest podcasts delivered to your device, either at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify.